Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Change Wholesale. Change Wholesale gives brokers an unfair advantage. The groundbreaking community mortgage from Change Wholesale is the only owner-occupied mortgage that doesn't require income or employment documentation. Fewer requirements, more closing. That's the Change Wholesale unfair advantage. Get connected with Change Wholesale by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. All right, welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, J.P. Hussey Jr. of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. And today, got my buddy, D.C. Terry Sr., so I said junior there, of Mr. Mortgage LLC. What's up, D.C.? Hey, J.P., man. It's great to be with you this morning. I hope that all is well on that side. and I'm just looking forward to spending some time with you. Yeah. No, I love it. Hey, first off, uh, as always, thank you for your service. I got to bring that up. Marine vet. Um, I always say I never had the courage to do that. So thank you guys for having the courage. I appreciate you. Um, Also, I have a soft spot for people that have initials like myself. So we got the JP. We got the DC. You're the senior. I'm the junior. Um, I, I don't even know. What's DC stand for? I need to know now. Damon Christopher. So I'm, I'm the guy with three first names. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that's good. So I always learned in the past, never trust anyone with two first names, right? <laughs> but you got, you have three. Yes, sir. I know you a bit and you're a trustworthy guy. So maybe three is <laughs> the magic number. Well, yeah. but it, it is, man. Three is the exception. You know, it <laughs> takes you past. If it's just two, you got a problem. But with three... That's what seals it, you know. Yes. That's the guy you can trust. That's that's great. I love it. Um, and you you have a bunch of kids too, right? I mean, you got more than me. I have three, right? So you have a bunch. Just just a, just a few more. Uh, just a few six. more. All right. So you got me. You got me beat on uh, initials. You got me beat on kids. All right. I'll, I'll figure some way to. I'm a competitor to beat you in some way today. No, I'm kidding, man. Um, <laughs> Hey, but uh, it was good. Uh, I know we didn't get to talk much, but it was good seeing you in uh, in Miami. I know we we I talked was. for a real hot minute. Um, mm-hmm. Always good to see it. I see your award in the back, right? Um, yes, we were just talking about that. I think you're going to be painting the room soon, so we can see it a bit more. Yes, actually, and, uh, and which, changing things up a little. Yeah, which which award is that too? Is that this the is visionary? Actually, yeah, this is actually the. Um, the spark change board so you okay. may be able to see it uh, there it is see it perfect yeah so and it's an honor for me actually to get it um it's something that i don't take for granted at all uh-huh. because of the because of the hard work that i've really put in in this industry uh, over uh-huh. the last 20 years uh, some people are are you know proud of their volume and uh-huh. and that's that's to be celebrated by the way, because without mm-hmm. volume, there there is no. That's how we make our money. Mm-hmm. But then there are the things to where it's got to be something more than that, and this is that part of that's more than that for me, which mm-hmm. is being able to help individuals who have been turned down or never thought that they could get approved, mm-hmm. especially in the underrepresented market, underserved market, get in their homes and begin to build wealth and home ownership. 
Yeah, yeah, and and that's definitely um I, I got on my list that we want to talk about, no doubt. Was it Sparking Change Award? Was that what it was? Yes, again? Sir. Okay, Sparking Change. Really cool, and we're gonna get to that. Um, I had that on my list to talk about uh, of all the different things that that you've done uh, in the industry. And one thing I was just talking to my buddy uh, uh, owner as well, Sean Williams in uh, in Maryland, and we had a great convo last week, and we were talking about how how what how much you can make a lot of money in this industry right but it's not all about that and i think this is what you were talking about yeah. we're very fortunate to be able to have that to be able to do what's really important and that's helping our community i do a lot in our community as well so i get it um so it was definitely i want people to remember that like a lot of people will just do things hoping they get money from it yes. and people sniff that out right what you sure. want to do is don't worry about that, the money. Do what's right. Do what makes you feel good. And for whatever reason, that money seems to come back. So right. some people get it reversed. And I think you understand what I'm talking about. And uh, we're really fortunate in this industry with the money we can make and with the the real-time consumers, the people just like us, we get to help. There's so much there that we can do. So we're in a very fortunate industry. Yes, um, and we, we will are. talk. Definitely more about that in a bit, but but first, you've been in this for twenty years, right? Yes, sir. Um, I've been in eleven now, so you almost got you got me beat there still, <laughs> DC. Um, but I want to learn a little bit about how you got into the industry, why you got in, and maybe take us on your journey until to where you're at now. People want to know that. Well, believe it or not, I actually started out in the music industry. You know, yeah. um, I got at the Marine Corps and I, um, well, first I was in the Marine Corps and, and thought I was never getting out. When I joined, I planned to be a lifer. I was just going to stay in until they, till I died or they told me you have to leave. And I, but I had this dream of being, a, becoming a millionaire and doing certain things for my family. And at the time, my family was my, just my mother and, and sisters. And so, um, I was pulling through a drive-through one evening off base and uh Camp Lejeune, I'm out in Jacksonville. And when I got to the portion to where they actually, you know, pass you the food, there was this this gentleman that I recognized that had just retired. And, you know, I took the food and but it did something to me. It it really did. And when I pulled to the end before I turned on the on the strip. I just sat there for a moment. I, I froze because that just, it rocked me. And it just sent me in deep thought like, whoa, so when I retire, am I going to have to do this? Because immediately I saw that dream of being able to do things for my family just go away. Because mm -hmm. I, I just thought you would do this, we retire, you're set. And mm -hmm. that's when it hit me that if you're going to become that multimillionaire that you dream about, you may have to leave. Mm. And when it came time to, you know, re-enlist, that was the hardest decision that I ever had to make in my life. Um, and I, hands down, I, I tell people that because that was that dream. That was harder for me than salvation, actually making the decision. Oh, wow. Just to turn my life around, seriously. Mm. Um, because that had been something that I wanted to do since I was just a, a kid. Here I was shifting into an area that I never thought 
and didn't even know what to do. So anyway, so I, I make it, I don't re-enlist and, and I'm also singing in this group and we're getting ready to move to Atlanta to uh, hang out in the studios until we signed the contract. And I injured myself right before I got at Marine Corps, shoulder, shoulder injury, mm-hmm. uh, AC set, fourth degree, fourth grade. And my mother talked me into uh, just hanging in Columbia until I healed up. And I ended up staying here, uh, getting married, you know, well, excuse me, staying here, accepting uh, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, getting mm-hmm. married, going into ministry and, and but I also went to the music industry uh, on the Christian side, mm-hmm. which is where I actually met my wife. Okay. And so while in there, you know, when you're doing something from scratch, you have to, you're, they were already signed by a label and we're, we're on the road full time traveling, you know, doing a youth ministry, concerts, seminars and all of that stuff. You know, it's a, it's a dream. But I realized something that there was a whole lot of money that more money that we needed that we weren't getting from the label. So I started looking into how can we do, you know, what can I do here? So I, I pulled up things like Carlton Sheets and and William McCorkle, some of these names that people have never heard of today. Those were those newer realist, older real estate guys that were telling them how to do this and how to do mm-hmm. that. I got this program that I started uh, to work and it had to do with individuals that were in pre-foreclosures. And so I found that people who were looking to needing to sell those homes because they they just couldn't do anything with their payments anymore they needed to sell them Mm -hmm. i found the people who were willing to buy them but the problem was they didn't have the money or couldn't get approved Mm. and i and i remember watching this uh this this pastor who said something years ago he said listen whenever there's a problem whoever provides the solution makes the money. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, compared the difference between a sanitation worker and an attorney. Both are necessary, both are needed. However, the amount of money that they make that they're making is totally dependent upon the problem that they're solving. Mm-hmm. So one is being paid more, you know, because of the type of problem. And I looked at that issue. We got the homes, we got the buyers, but the problem is the money. If I can find the money, I can make a lot of money. Mm. That's how I got in this industry. Wow. Well, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to take in right there. Um, I love the the story, the drive through story. So. At some point, you have those little aha moment, whatever you want to call it, right? Line in the sand. And you're like, I got to go. Maybe it was a calling. Listen, I'm not a a very religious man, uh, more spiritual. I get it. I grew up as an altar boy, did the whole thing. I love it. Um, but that you had some sort of calling because that was tough. I mean, you said you grew up, you know, Marine, this is what I have to do. Just get to retirement. And you saw something, something popped and was like, I got to go a totally different direction. And most leaders in our industry and in most industry has one of those, you know, so mm-hmm. don't, would you recommend if someone has one of, one of those, don't just push it to the side, kind of let that kind of take you and and follow and let it sink in? Absolutely, because that changed the tra- uh, trajectory, tra- excuse me, trajectory of my right. life. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, I, I'm not going to say mind blowing, but it was eye opening. I know that that grabbed my heart because, you know, that thing that's in your heart 
that's where mm -hmm. your value really is. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, when we talk about the amount of money that we can make in this industry and some people just, man, I just can't make it to the next level. I, I just don't have that push. I don't know what it is. And so they always tell you, you know, you know, what do you value? You know, what, what, what's that thing in you? Because that's what you mm -hmm. need to grab. That grabbed my heart in such a way mm -hmm. that it almost squeezed the, the, the blood out of it. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, I'm not going to say it stopped pumping, but it rocked me. I, yeah. I can't even put in the words. It mm -hmm. was like shattering. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a cool story. I'm glad you, uh, you told us that because I think that'll help a lot of people. I think a lot of people have these or, and they miss out on their, some of their dreams or their goals. Um, mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to, I'm having a tough time putting in words as well, but let it sink in, follow that, listen to it, right? See where it takes you because you can't be following. I know we're talking about money. I have a question about that in a minute, but you can't follow the money, even though you have to, I get what you're saying. But you can't lead with that. You have to figure out what yeah. it, what is you want and then go for it. Um, I do need to ask. I know uh, you, you play music. It was Christian based, but what what type of music was it? I need to know. I played in a reggae band for a lot of years, so I need yeah. to know. Yeah. Well, it's urban. Ur they called it at the time uh, urban urban Christian contemporary. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. cool. So the group that I was actually now. When I was actually singing, I was singing R&B. So when I came over mm -hmm. to on the Christian side, I actually, you know, went into that and then shifted into managing. Long story with that, but shifting and shifted into managing this group that had okay. just signed the contract. So Urban Christian Contemporary, yeah, one of the first cool. groups that were out. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, we'll yeah. uh, we'll have to look. Uh, is that band still together at all, or some of some no. of the guys? yeah no they dissipated and, and that that was that other thing that was a part of the journey that continued to lead me toward where i am today because uh -huh. that, had that not you know dissipated i i would have still been doing something in that particular that particular way but you said the keywords earlier is uh -huh. that you know you have to just make that decision and then allow you know just follow the journey uh -huh. so that you can end up ultimately where you're supposed to be mm-hmm uh -huh. The question I had, um, I think you're going to be someone great to to answer this. It's based around money again, right? Um, okay. I find it interesting sometimes where mortgage people, we can get a bad rap for being in mortgages, right? Because it's about money, right? Mm -hmm. And you have, and you on your side having a lot of um, amazing values. How have you ever been pulled? to the money side, like we just talked about, can't put the money first. How, how did you balance making sure that money wasn't the main focus? I, I can see that happening, especially in our industry. You need money to, to get to what we have to do, but I'm sure some people struggle on their mind is only thinking about making money. Like, have you struggled in that sense? I know I have. How do you balance it? You see where I'm getting at? Yeah. Um, there's a story behind this that I don't yeah. think you were ready for. I, I want to hear but, it. But it's the truth. Uh -huh. When I first came into the industry, it was two on the front, uh, three on the front, two on the back. Uh -huh. You know, so that's what, when I, I went into this company and it's like, hey, this is what we charge. This is what we do. Okay. So that was the norm. So when I actually left that company, it was less than a year later and struck out to just start my own branch under another broker shop. 
that I was still there. Three on the front, two on the back, three on the mm. front, two on the back. And the same thing on the commercial side because I was doing commercial loans as well. So three on the front, two on the back. Well, there was this particular loan that I closed and I closed the loan and I'm sitting in my office and people can say what they want as far as who, who they will say spoke to them. But listen, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you charge that guy too much money. Mm. And I sat back and I'm like, okay, what do you mean? And I charged too much money and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really going over in my mind because I'm thinking, you know, I did a great job. The client was happy. And again, you charged the guy too much money. Here's the next thing, JP. Call him back and tell him that you charge him too much money. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm toiling with this, but I called the guy back. I told him, hey, listen, um, guy said I charge you too much money. And <laughs> serious, true story, man. True story. I, I love it. No, I'm not laughing. So, I, I know what happened. Know, these things that you see on TV, like it's a movie, but true uh -huh. story. Uh -huh. God says I charge you too much money. And anything that you need from this point forward in this industry, you come to me, you let me know, and I got you. Don't worry about anything. Mm, mm. Anything that you need. Well, it turns out that guy later on, because he's making a ton of money at the time, something happened. Well, when the industry started to shift back mm -hmm. in 2000, um, people say 2008, but seven mm -hmm. is when it really started to shift. Mm -hmm. um, his businesses started going through some things and he had to go through some do modifications and all of that. So he calls me. And at that time, you know, we could make money for doing modifications, but mm -hmm. I called and jumped on the phone with his, uh, with a commercial lender worked that out for him. As a matter of fact, took him through two separate um, modifications to get that payment down to where it never would have been before. Worked out the same thing with his uh, primary residence as well. If he had any issues with insurance or anything, he called me, I handled everything mm -hmm. for him. But from that point, there was something that was given to me that I can now give to you. When you are closing a loan for someone, make sure that that person gets more out of it than you mm. and that's what i always gauge that i have to look at to make sure that that person is getting way more out of it than i'm going to get out of the transaction so it can't just be i closed the loan and i made some good money and, I, and i'm and i'm rolling mm. away it needs to be that they i can look at the numbers i can look at every i can look at what it's doing for their family and make sure that I just put them on the path that I didn't set them back, but I mm -hmm. actually propelled them forward because you can help someone and eventually they'll move forward. But, but in the, in the moment you still set them back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When they leave my transaction, I need them. To, I need to be propelling them forward. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good story. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, for you to call someone back after a transaction, right, and yeah. and say that, but then I'm sure you're clear of it now, right? He had to call you back. You helped him through some tough times. Probably mm -hmm. evened it out, right? Um, but man, oh, your way word, more. way more, right? Yeah, I'm sure he's probably, and I'm guessing here, he's probably referred you some clients. He's probably almost a friend to this day. I would think, you know, you could call him if you had to. I mean. Uh a great friend. He called me um, the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. uh, ready to purchase another property. 
There you go. So it always yeah. comes back. So like we said in the beginning, somehow doing the right thing helps you make make the money. It helps. I hate saying make the money, but helps support our families. It, mm-hmm. it flips back. That's how I try to look at it as well. And the relationships in this business, I mean, I have so many of them as well. Just through AIM, just from clients. Clients have become friends like yourself. That's that's where I get the joy out of this. Because if I'm banging my head against the wall all day just thinking about numbers, drive myself insane. And that's right. not good for myself or my family. So that's how I look at it. That's great. Um, I do want to know, I'm assuming you've been in this 20 years. You've worked, obviously, for other companies. What make what made you to decide to start your own company? And when was that? Like, was there another one of those moments? Like, I have to do this? Well, after I got at the Marine Corps, you know, I only had one job. Okay. To where I actually went in as a W-2, and that was a security guard at, at Western House. Mm-hmm. And I was walking through one late one night, and... And it's close to uh, the Congaree River. I'm not sure why I'm so tongue-tied this morning. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of snakes back there and all types of other stuff. And I stepped on a pretty big one. Uh, and the lights were off in that area. They wouldn't fix the lights. They didn't cut the grass. And so I stepped on it and, and um, you know, obviously leaped up. I'm still here today. So <laughs> took a couple of leaps forward and went back and said, hey, listen, I'm, you guys don't cut the grass. I'm done. And um, so... From that point, I just launched out, man. Um, I said one job, excuse me, two. There was another one that they found out that as we move forward, you'll see where things like this actually are important. They found out I had a record. Mm. Yeah. And um, they asked me if I had a felony. I said, no. They found the misdemeanor and they fired me. They said I lied on my application. And so from that point, I said, you know, I'm done with this thing. I'm not going to work for anyone else. So it was at that moment that I said, I'm not going to work for, for anyone else. As a matter of fact, I shifted from the multi-level marketing industry that I left out earlier into this phase because I'd already had an office, a 2,000 square foot office that I had 10 desks out of that uh, a lot of the team members in there were paying $500 a desk. So I was already running a business. So when mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. shut that business down and went to work with another company, I said to these guys up front, I'm only gonna stay with you long enough for me to learn. Um, learn the industry, and then I'm going out to start my own company, my own business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you a lot of money while I'm here. I work, I do, but I'm coming here to learn. Mm-hmm. So I came okay. in with that mentality. So then, Mister Mortgage, when when was that established? I mean, it's always been there, right? But officially, just to give someone an idea, everyone out there. So, Mister Mortgage on the commercial side was okay. established in, in 2001 right there. But Mr. Mortgage on the residential, uh-huh. as in the mortgage broker, uh-huh. was established in 2006. So okay. as far as on, on paper. Now, I was still Mr. Mortgage during that time frame, and that's how people knew me, but as the loan originator as well mm-hmm. and the commercial guy. But when it came down to, okay, with the NMLS and all of that stuff, that's mm-hmm. where you would see you know, that's where you'd see it. Yes. Got it. Okay. To put it. So, you know, we, we have an OG broker in here. I mean, <laughs> it's before, I mean, I was a 2018 when I opened mine. So yeah, I always, I always awesome. say, yeah, it was great. We, we were kind of that next wave, but I like to make sure we look at 
at other people who started before us because, hey, brokers have taken a bad rap over the years. So it's good to, to yeah. see it all the way through. So that's yeah. great. Um, I want to get into some really good stuff that you're going to want to talk about in a minute. But could you just give everyone out there so they can put in perspective, like how many employees do you have? How does that work? How's the setup work in a couple mm -hmm. minutes so people can put it in perspective? Oh, it won't take a couple of minutes. I have one. <laughs> yep. I have one employee for the first 18 and, and a half years. Love it. I was the one man shop. Uh-huh. You know, that's I just decided I tried some LOs in the beginning stages and said mm -hmm. I didn't want to raise any any, you know, adult children. And I said <laughs> the industry was doing good. And I said, you know what? I can I can do this by myself. And but it was also another moment to where I was frustrated on the church side too. So mm -hmm. just going through a lot of things there ministry wise that, you know, people can wear on you when you are taking on too much. And so, but something happened in 2000, that 2018 timeframe. I met this guy called Anthony, named Anthony Casa. And yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there in a, in a meeting. It's only about 10 of us. This is at the beginning of brawl actually. Uh -huh. 10 of us sitting uh -huh. around the table. I can't remember everyone, but Robert Lynn was one of them. And so sitting around the table and he's opened up how they were functioning there, you know, with the brokers that he, that he had there and, and all these guys are coming in and they're letting us know, just really unveiling how they're doing everything. And I'm sitting and I'm watching and I'm saying, okay, so these are friends and they stuck together and they built this. And the thing that really grabbed me was that when I first started in the industry, I thought of four other friends that, mm -hmm. you know, and a couple of my family, I said, man, if we can come together, we can really build this thing. And I saw what I wanted to do in its fruition through someone else. Mm -hmm. And I left, I left that particular, um, on the way back, I drove to, um, to Jersey and on the way back, I called one of the friends that was on that original list and said, Hey, listen, man, this is where I was. This is what I, this is what I saw. And he was in a, a totally different industry. I shared some mm -hmm. things with him. Mm -hmm. And that's the friend that's with me today. We actually just celebrated a year. Um, he came cool. over from Delta. He was a trainer in the escalation department. We celebrated a year at the end, of, at the beginning of um, this month. Ah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, I mean, Casa, my boy as well. Um, yeah. He's done so much. Um, yeah. you, you've been there since the beginning with Brawl, uh, like yes, you had sir. said. And I will tell you a quick story because um, now it's all coming back to me a bit. 2017, I believe it was, um, I was not uh, a broker yet. I was working with a smaller correspondent. Mm -hmm. And there was a, I, I guess it was Brawl, maybe considered AIM. I, I have to look back on that. But it no, was a, not yet. Brawl. Not, it was Brawl. It was still Brawl, and, and it was a in because I'm I'm outside Philly. There was a, a a meeting in Philadelphia. A couple speakers. Um, it was in. You could hear a train driving by. I don't know Origi if you remember so, this. So excuse me. Then I said 18. It was 17 because that was Originator Connect. Correct. So yeah, you were actually. I remember because I remember the beard and everything. I remember your the suit. <laughs> you were one of the first guys I met. I had no idea what was going on. Um, and I I do remember that to this day and 
Um, I, I mean, I'll just say it like you were very calm. You're you're a calm guy, right? For the most part, you, you show it, right? Um, and that's one thing I remember. I remember sitting in the back. I remember meeting DC. I remember the name. And I would say you had a, a small part in me trying to figure out how to get over to the side. So these are some wow. you, you brought up Casa and Brawl. I mean, a lot of there's been a lot of players, but that's one thing I remember. I can remember pretty pretty vividly. I can remember the setup. So thank you. Man, that listen, I could really go into something right there, but yeah. I think yeah. um I'll wait until a little later. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's to fun. even hear that and thank you for sharing that and that's that's no uh that's no lie it's something i remember i can remember the setup i remember the table you were on the end of the table i mean i could i could talk about it all day but it's something we can talk about later so thank you yes sir um i do want to get into um i don't want to say your target market but what you're passionate about who you help um mm -hmm really the the underserved i mean that's what you're passionate about that's what you lead with um uh in the area that you live and that's what you want to do can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the difficulties that you're seeing out there with minorities the, the underserved i mean this has been a hot topic for a lot of years right mm -hmm. uh, a lot of different rules have been put into place over the past 10 15 years or so but if you could talk about how maybe it's improving or maybe some of the difficulties that we're still seeing to get the underserved loans and, and not even loans, home ownership. Can you talk a bit about that? Well, I, we can talk about it just in, in bits and pieces, but honestly, mm -hmm. I was talking to someone the other day. I said, listen, it's, you can just Google it. Just Google black home ownership or, mm -hmm. or African-American, uh, homeowners receiving higher interest rates. Uh, this is all public information that people that you would think is not there, but it's 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 there and it's been there. I won't call the names of, of companies mm -hmm. that I just stopped dealing with throughout the years, even before they shut down their wholesale side. Mm -hmm. um, but it had to do with the fact that they played on the ignorance mm -hmm. um, of, of really they play on the ignorance of anyone. However, the underserved market, the African-American, the minority community has been a target uh, for a long time. And I'm, I'm fine with saying a target because uh, with the group that I just was a, a part of until just a couple of weeks ago when, when I resigned to dive all in on this right here, which is Better VA, that's what we went after mm -hmm. with that. You know, veterans had a, a big target on our backs mm -hmm. and it's still there. It's just that we have a group now that is really a serious advocate for that. Well, as African-Americans, uh, minorities, period, even women, you they have a target mm -hmm. on their back. Think about it. They walk into a, on a car lot. Everyone knows, for the most part, what to expect when a, if a female walks on a, a car lot by themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's sad, but. It's since I was a child, I was taught that, that mm -hmm. more than likely you have someone there that just may take advantage of that person because they think they're ignorant. Well, that's what's mm -hmm. been going on in the mortgage industry for decades. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how much you want me to dig into that, but I can, there's documentation to show that African-American homeowners, minority homeowners have paid a higher price mm -hmm. and rejected more when it came comes down to getting approved. Ha, has yeah. it gotten any better? 
Have you seen it? Has there maybe not Actually, in the numbers, but is it going home, the right direction? Home ownership is worse than it was when the when listen when the Equal Credit Opportunity Act came about. That was for that sole purpose of them no longer um, denying being able to deny you a red line. But home ownership right. is actually the numbers have fallen since then. Yeah. I mean, there's I'm sure, I, I'm sure there's a it's fallen a lot of different reasons for that, right? Um, different things play uh, on yeah. it, but it it goes down to education. And when I say education, I don't yep. mean you need a, a high school diploma and a college degree because we also show that if you just look at the data, you will see that high income African American uh, buyers, home buyers, mm -hmm. pay a higher interest rate than low income uh, Caucasian home buyers. Really? Education. Yes, sir. Google it. You'll find it. You'll find these things to where this market has been seriously targeted. So these are things you guys haven't really heard me talk about too much uh -huh. and brokers are better or when people would make certain comments. I think I answered one uh -huh. and, and tried to do it in a fashion to where it wasn't you know, offensive or sounded like uh -huh. I was on the defense when someone sure. said there is no systemic racism. But the truth of the matter is, is that the systems were set up in a particular way to capitalize because we're talking about a system that has helped to build America and get it to where it is using slavery, free labor. Yeah. Wow. That's what um, made America great, free labor. Mm -hmm. They got the, they were able to build and didn't have to pay anybody. Yeah, that's, um, I, I mean, what, that's what you're saying there is a bit of a, a shock. Um, and maybe something that I definitely, and I will research more about. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. But the Please. fact that you're you're saying it's gone down ever since things were put into place, it's very it's very confusing. And like you said, with the the systematic part, I mean, it starts from from the beginning, right? Um, mm -hmm. Mortgages are just a piece of this puzzle. It, it's Not just a it, piece. It's just a it's a small piece, and maybe yeah. one that that we can track some numbers on. Um, yeah. But I have to say this, though, I don't yeah. want to leave it at it, it's going mm -hmm. down as far as the home home ownership. Mm -hmm. I have to also go back to that educational piece. Yes. You know, the, the part where where we can really make a difference is dealing with the mindsets of mm -hmm. getting people to a place to where they now begin to dream again. Mm -hmm. See, it's not just like, hey, they're. Um, there is nothing now that's for you. Like in the, in the beginning, they, there wasn't. It's not mm -hmm. as if, hey, listen, someone's got their um, knee on your neck when it comes down to getting approved for a mortgage. No, there are people out here that can get you approved as long as you position yourself the right way. So mm -hmm. I, I don't want to just say, hey, the system is against, because that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah, I'm just yeah, calling right. a, you know, calling a spade a spade, but at the same time, we have to still deal all the way, you know, we got to talk about the, all the food that's on the table, you know? So this comes down mm -hmm. to mindset also. This comes down to education, just quick story. When I got it, well, before going in the Marine Corps, I didn't know anything about credit. I was that kid that, mm -hmm. that you know, the mail order, well, I say, you know, but you weren't around then. But when I was a kid, right, right. there was a mail order and, you know, little pop guns, different things you can order for $4.95. 
cents, mm. then you could actually send your money. You could mail it with the change and everything, <laughs> and you still received. You know, you would get what it was that you ordered. And so to me, you know, that's how you dealt with it. Well, I went to Marine Corps and Marine Corps, you could not pay anybody. If you, if you want to keep your rank, you paid everybody because all they had to do is just call your company. So when you go in the military, that's why a lot of people target the military because they know that all you have to do is call the company. They're going to make them pay it. And Ooh. so when I got out, I, I still had, believe it or not, I still had the same mindset. I didn't understand credit. Well, I get out and I'm making my payments cell phone and, and which actually um, looked like a, a, a big phone at the time. It was about this wide and everything mm -hmm. or you carried around in a bag. I'm making my payments, but my mindset was the same. So it was like $30 and I was like, well, it's only $30. I pay it next month. I knew nothing about credit. I didn't know that that was actually hurting my credit score. So I show up, mm -hmm. I decided I wanted the, another car and never been turned down before. I got a friend with mm -hmm. me sitting down where in front of the guy and I says, hey, I'm thinking about this one right here. He says, let's pull your credit. Right. Pulls my credit and he says, yeah, we, we can't um, we can't get you approved for this. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? I've, I've never been turned down for, uh, he said, yeah, I can, I'm looking at your credit report, something happened right about here. Mm -hmm. He said, um, did you get out of the uh, Marine Corps right here? I said, yeah. He said, you know, I know that because I can see from that point forward, everything, well, up until that point, everything was on time. And after that, I see where you started to miss here and there. Mm. He told my story, I bet yet he read my story based on the credit report, what we mm. call a credit profile. Yep. And that's what we do when we're talking to individuals that, hey, listen, when I look at your credit profile, there's a story behind it that mm -hmm. I need to know. One is, and then we start to educate people based on that. Hey, listen, you can't do that. That's how I'm able to find out what you know, most people. Now, if it's something that happened, a catastrophe, JP, we, we can't really change that. Sure. But but when we find people that are, are ignorant, like I was, when it comes down to this process, that's the piece that we can change. So that's what I mean when I say education didn't mean to go so long with that. No, no, I'm right. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, the, the, if we're just talking credit, which is a huge, th that's the biggest piece sometimes, right? Where, I mean, our kids need to be educated in, in, I mean, before they're 18, don't you think? I mean, they have Absolutely. to be educated there because once you're getting to whatever, 25, you've had a credit profile, you could be so deep into a hole. I mean, you're taking years to get out to become. So I, I see what you're saying from, it has to start so much earlier. Is Man, it's tough. It's tough to hear. But like, is there there's so many different ways that I could ask you about where do, what do we do? Like, is there I know we can say education, but is there one specific thing that you think we could start doing now to make sure we're educated? I mean, so it's so much. Uh, are we speaking in general or I'll just answer that in general yeah. instead of just toward uh, sure. the underserved, because education is education. Um, we have to, we have to tell the truth mm. and we have to be honest. Mm. For example, I just told you, I didn't know what I thought I knew. Mm -hmm. And I was moving along in life based on what I thought I knew and, and mm. based on how I thought things were. 
not only if I had gone to apply for a home, guess what? I would have been turned down during that time frame, expecting that I would have been approved because I'd never been turned down for anything before mm -hmm. because there was, listen to this, a system in place to make sure that I made my payments on time. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Okay. That that instead of systemat a systematic oppression, that was a, the mm -hmm. military, they're systematic in making sure that you're successful. Mm. So it's not as if every system out there, sure. the majority of the systems out there are against, you know, whoever and whatever, not not what I would ever say. Mm -hmm. but you just got to find the right systems. And guess what, JP? We're in a place to where we are surrounded by people who know this system. Yes. Now, medical and, and all this, I don't know all of those systems, but this one, I know this. You system. know that one. Mm -hmm. And we have to be honest with people, tell them the truth, tell them more than just um, brokers are better. That was a great start, but we have to tell them and show them how lenders are taking advantage of them. Mm -hmm. That's something that that I've not really done publicly. And you mm -hmm. guys are going to see more of that this year that I'm going to be speaking on these things. publicly. Yeah. And I got your back with that. I This is opening my eyes to some more things. And I, I think I, I think myself and I think the community would want to hear more of that. So if you need a kick in the butt one day about doing that, I'll kick you in the butt because I think it's important. Um, it's got to, we can't waste any more time with this in yeah. my, in my opinion. Um, but do you on a positive, even a positive note, is there maybe one uh, uh, instance of that's very special to you that you did to help someone that they thought there was no way they could be a, a, a homeowner to say, uh, is there one in your mind that kind of sticks out you could tell a quick story about? God, there's been so many. I'm sure. Um, a couple of times a year, people come to me and they're in hotels, man. Yeah. Um, mm. They're stuck in between mm. and we get them in their homes. But there was one particular one. This guy was in a, uh, he was a veteran, actually. He was in a home. And get this, he was a veteran and he was leasing his home from a veteran. He's paying like $2,700 a month mm. for a Fifteen hundred dollar month mm. property. Mm. The guy didn't want to give us a pay history, which means that he didn't. More than likely, was try, probably trying to skirt taxes as well. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to verify this is someone who never missed a payment for him because we had all the documentation from the mm -hmm. bank statements anyway. Yeah. But when we get to the closing table, we finally get the loan closed. I'm looking at this gentleman. He works in a. He works at the hospital. He actually just called me. He just moved to, um, I think it's Alabama, asking me if we do loans there now. But he works at the hospital. Guy makes $80,000 a year. He just had, you know, some things happen in his life. And this is what he said when we sat down, though. He said, I never thought in my life that I would be able to purchase a home. Mm. I'm looking at the amount of money he makes. I'm looking at the fact that, you know, he's been making this money for a long time. But he says, my, my mother didn't own a home. My grandmother didn't own a home, no one that I knew owned a home. So it was never even a part, you know, just renting was always in my mind. So that that's what I did. I just I never thought. And then when I would look at something, whether it's purchasing a car or something, his credit scores were low because guess what? Life happened here. But before that, didn't understand credit here. But to hear that story and to see the tears in his eyes. Mm. And I've seen it so many times, but that's one that that I remember right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's cool. That that's and like you said, you have so many of those stories. Um, yeah. we have a bunch of them as well. 
that's I mean, that's why we do this. Again, it comes back to separating the money and the emotions. I mean, that's that's good stuff. That's good. Um, we're running, oh, man. We we got like yes, 10, sir. 15 minutes. I could talk all day, DC. I mean, I I, I don't I dislike uh, only having forty five minutes or so, but um, you try to squeeze it in. But I do have some other questions that I want to make sure we we get out there. So. You are a part, obviously, Veta VA, Chris Griffith, my boy, mm-hmm. love him to death. Um, but you're a part of AIMS, the Spark membership or mentorship program, correct? Are you deeply involved in that still? I was not. Okay. However, I just, after this weekend, said something. I sent something over to uh, Candace to okay. say, hey, listen, um, tell me more about leadership now and the responsibilities that come along with it. because. Okay. And that has a whole lot to do more with timing for me, because, mm-hmm. again, with resigning from uh, Vetted VA, it's at a place now that it really doesn't need builders, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm a builder. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Spark, it goes right in line with what I'm doing right now, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, if that answers your question or if you had another question, you uh, another question you wanted to ask me in regard to that, I'm, I'll be happy to answer. No, that that's perfect. I'm sure we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot more of that um, in the coming months. I would think you have a mm-hmm. lot on your plate this year. I'm expecting yes, you to get out there, you know. Yes, and, and like you said, you're a builder. Um, it's time for you to rebuild, and I yes, see sir. this year is a good year. Um, now, as we're wrapping it up, and we can take this any direction. Um, I usually always ask two questions here at the end, right? More based around. Um, Mortgages, of course, right? Um, but we can take this really any direction, uh, whether it's more of a uh, for a specific LO or even more of a, a spiritual type or motivational type side. Um, okay. I would love that, just to, to preface it. But someone newer to the industry, or I like to say someone that needs or wants to reinvent themselves whether as an LO or just a human being, what's one or two things that you could tell them to motivate them, to get them going? To reinvent themselves? Yeah. Be honest about where you are. Mm. You know, uh, there are three things that, uh, something I've taught for years, that there are three things that you need in order to change. Mm. Uh, Number one is acknowledgement. And number two is commitment and three is action. Number one, you must acknowledge the truth where you are. Three, you must commit to solve the problem. And and the third thing is action, solve it. You have to put forth the action to do it. You know, so you're gonna have to be honest, um, excuse me, we have to be, because we're all, all, all of us are evolving. So there's going to be consistent change that, that comes along with pro- progression. There's something about us that needs to change for the better, progression. Mm-hmm. And it's about being honest where we are. And you can have a just had a, a great month, you know, and the numbers can fool you because your numbers change. It doesn't mean that you did, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's how you can have the person that's doing great number-wise and marriage falling apart. But anyway, yep. that's not what you asked me. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm glad it went there. I was hoping that that question would evolve to something more. I'm yes, right there sir. with you. Um, like you said, number one has to be acknowledging 
the truth, being honest with yourself. Yes, I've been there. Many people are there. They see it. They don't want to look at it until you actually look at that truth square in the face. You're not going to grow. And I think that's what every single person wants. That is the truth. Everybody wants mm -hmm. to grow, but they can't face some of that, that truth. I'm, I'm not looking at it right now because it's tough to face sometimes. Right. Yes, sir. That's it. It can't be action first. A lot of people act. You got to have the yeah. truth. You got to commit to something. Then you got to, you got to, you got to take it step by step. So I'm yes, with sir. you. I'm glad it went there. Cause I think that helps people whether in the mortgage side or just life in general. So I think that's yes, good. Sir. And then the last question I usually ask where where we're going to see the real estate mortgage world in the next three to five years. We could even take it to where do we want to see the mortgage world, real estate world in the next 20, 30 years? Because there's a lot that still has to change based on a lot of our conversations today. Mm -hmm. Where do you think it's going to be in the next three to five years? Where do you want it to be in the next 20? In the next three to five years? Um... Actually, beginning this year, we're going to see a lot of individuals that uh, thought that they were superstars because mm -hmm. they were in a market that you all you had to do is breathe on the mirror and it looked as if you were successful. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see some of those individuals fall off. We're going mm -hmm. to see companies uh, begin to fall off as well. I know that there's been the talk that, hey, listen, guys, this is not the, you know, 2007, 2008. And, and though it's not, it's still a wrecking, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, th there's a correction that always is taking place. You know, it's the cycles that we go through. So what what I expect to see and pretty much know that we're going to see is we're going to see a fall off. Now, the shift, which is what I should have just said, instead of just to fall off, we're going to see a shift. And in this shift right here, this is where that individual where you just said, what happens when you need to reinvent yourself? Mm -hmm. This is where that individual has mm -hmm. to now acknowledge and say, okay, so this is where, I'm, this is what I was doing. This is the season that I'm in now. And this is what I'm going to have to do if I plan to be around another three to five years mm -hmm. from now. So I expect to see people who thought that they were doing great actually become great. Mm -hmm. I, I expect to see those who were, were barely making it because they were trying to just get through the last season and they just kept their heads down and mm -hmm. continued to work. I expect to see them now, their level of success, of uh, the fruit of their mm -hmm. labor is mm -hmm. actually what I expect to see. So in the midst of where it seems like other things will be coming down and a wall falling over here, a wall falling over there, it will not stop those who have their head down and that's working. You know, it won't stop those that have a vision mm -hmm. and have laid into that vision and they're moving forward and they're implementing the proper strategies in order to bring that vision to fruition. Mm -hmm. In the next 20 years, 20, 30 years, what I would like to see is I would like to see more minority brokers uh, for mm -hmm. decades. Uh, as a matter of fact, even in that first meeting that you saw me in, mm -hmm. if do you remember how many uh, African-Americans were a part of that meeting, how many walked in? I don't know if this is a trick question, so I'm going to say one. That's it. That was you. I was the one that there was an African-American male. There was another um, young lady there, but she worked for that particular uh, that company, mm. you know, but mm -hmm. I was the only one that was there. Now, here's here's the kicker. When I walked in, I didn't see Anthony yet. So when I walked in, it was a group that was standing there 
and and I spoke to that group. It was about six, five or six gentlemen in that group. I spoke. I said, "Good morning. How's everyone?" They looked, and no one said anything. Mm. What I'm expecting to see is I'm expecting to see more open-minded individuals in the industry that that aren't afraid of diversity. Mm -hmm. You know, now where we are, people say, hey, DC, how you doing? But in the beginning stages, hey, I just had to know who I was. A few times I left that, that group, walked on by. I just said, well, it's going to be that kind of day today. So I, I walked on by and, and it's because I'm. it's not as if I'm, you know, not not been through it before. I walked by, spoke to a few other ones. No one said anything, but I got to tell you something. Before Anthony got to me, I was walking. I looked over. I saw where the seats were. I went to go to that, that front row and there was someone who was coming behind me fast. Barry a bit. Yeah. He said, Hey brother, how you doing? Yeah. I just want to let you know, it's good to see you. You know, I'm glad you're here. And that was that moment that, that I knew, man, today is going to be, First, it was going to be the, one of those kind of days, but that was that moment. I was like, okay, today's going to be all right. But I got to tell you something, uh, JP. When I walked in and I spoke and I didn't speak, there was something different that people probably wouldn't expect. I said, I'm in the right place. Mm. Mm. What I expect to see is I expect to see individuals that look like me that are not waiting for handouts. Mm -hmm. They don't care how people respond to them. They just know that this is where they're supposed to be in life. Not just I'm here for money, but this is where you're supposed to be. I expect to see people, I expect to meet people who know that I'm walking in my purpose. Mm -hmm. And when you're walking in your purpose, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who likes you. It doesn't matter who speaks matter. to you. None of that matters. When you're walking in your purpose, you do what you need to do and you take what you must take until you get to that place. Because mm -hmm. we all, there's a cost that comes along with success. And success to me may look different than success to you, but there's a cost that comes along with it. And we all have to pay for our level of success, brother. Mm -hmm. DC, thank you, man. I will say, I'll end this with Barry Abib. He does seem to change how things feel in the room. He's one of the best huggers around. That Man. guy gives me the best hugs of all time. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. DC, thank you, man. It was a pleasure. I'm glad we got to spend uh, a little over 45 minutes. Uh, we, we've um, we've been acquaintances over the past couple of years. We've yeah. said hi. Like I yeah. said, I remember meeting you. But I'm glad we had the time here to spend, um, and I'm glad to hear your story, most yeah, definitely. Man. And I got your Thank back you. when you need a kick in the butt, because you got some work to do this year, and I got your back if you need it. I appreciate that, JP. Really do. I appreciate the time with you today, also, right. and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I'll see you later. Okay. Blessings upon you. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Get healthcare for your team, submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you will have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait and sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.